Yeah, thanks for that. Hey guys, this is the Fan of Fan Podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Topless. And for all you grandobbers out there, this podcast is for you. And tonight we're joined by former Maltby Main, Swallownest, Hansworth, and the current uh, Grantham Town goalkeeper, Jim. How are you, mate? Hi, mate. UK, yeah, we're all good. Thank you. Yourself? Yeah, good. Thank you, mate. Thank you for coming on. Short notice. Yeah, been roped in last minute to save it. Colliver's <laughs> yeah, done his scouting work again. Yeah, he's uh, <laughs> he's just, you know, passing his responsibilities on to me as per. <laughs> Someone's got to do the media duties, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So, as we know, um, you've played for quite a few clubs. Um, what positions um, you currently play at? So, Position is in leagues or is in positions as in where I play and stuff like what position? As a um, position you play. Ah, uh, position. So yeah, I play goalkeeper. So I played goalkeeper pretty much. So I I was a, used to be a striker, and then when I was about fifteen. I decided to just change and go in goal. I don't really know why, but just picked up going in goal and then took off from there. Really. Go through spells, don't you? <laughs> yeah, mate. Bit of puberty and stuff like that didn't really grow, and then got a bit tubby, and then got pushed to the back, and pushed got even pushed even further back. They got asked to go in goal, <laughs> and then grew loads, and then now I'm six foot one, so I'm goalkeeper now. So yeah. Well, it's one of them. You're much taller than Pickford, so if he's well, this is the reassuring is. thing. This, we were saying this in the car the other day. This is the reassuring thing with uh, for goalies out there now is that you know. Naturally, people think they have to be massive, but Pickford's proving that it doesn't really matter too much about your height if you can be good in your position and good at what you do. Yeah, I think, I think it was the same years ago, back in the 80s. Remember that uh, Italian keeper who won World Cup, Dino's off, he was quite small and he was getting rejected, but he did, he did grow a little bit, but he was never the tallest. No, it's yeah, but can be done. given shit, there's been a few shade given, Casillas, yep. Bartes, they're all like, I think Bartes was like 5'10. <laughs> uh, Bartes. And he played for Man United under Fergie, so he can't be that bad. <laughs> always remember that one, Bartos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy guy, mate. <laughs> so, in terms of being a goalkeeper then, mm-hmm. what, what would you say is the main, your main ability? Is it like shot stopping, communication? This is the, uh, yeah, it's interesting this one because I was speaking to my dad about this the other day. I would say, naturally for a goalkeeper, everyone thinks that like goalies are just meant to be really good at shot stopping and stuff like that. But I'd actually say that's something in my game that I want to try and improve on. Whereas my catching my crosses and my organising my distribution or sweeping up, whatever, they're the things that I feel like I'm really good at. But I think shot stopping is an area that I think going forward I want to try and improve on and you know try and save more shots sometimes obviously you can't do anything about certain shots but as coming away when goals go past you're coming away always thinking oh could I have saved that you want to be thinking like listen I couldn't have done anything about that um so yeah main attributes I would say are mainly just coming for crosses and distribution and you hear that a lot don't you when, when we talk about goalies though oh he's a good shot stopper but yeah it's one of them yeah. That's what that's what I mean. For me, I think it's like a little bit the other way around. A little bit. 
not too much. Like, don't don't worry, I'm not. I can save shots. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, yeah, I feel like I'm good at the things that a lot of people naturally don't think goalkeepers are good at. Yeah, you hear that phrase. Oh, he's good at commanding his area, though, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that that's the thing as well. You sort of need a bit of every aspect with goalkeeping, but you always have one goalkeeper who tends to have one ability which is much better than the others. I don't mm. think. I don't think it. Even at the top level, you have a, a keeper what's great at everything. No, yeah, I agree. I think another thing as well: the older you get, is the mental side of it becomes a lot more important to to kit in difference to kids like you've got to be so focused and concentrated in that position um and you are on your own at times so you have to be quite headstrong because if you're not as we go back to Pickford that's something that I think he tried to work on because if you're not you can lose yourself a bit in your own ability and I know he did he has had dips in forms but I think obviously showing this Euros he showed especially in the penalty shootout in the final mentally strong he is so it's uh, that's a very important thing as well, I'd say. Uh, I can remember at the start of the Euros, I said I wanted, I didn't want him to play, I wanted Dino to play instead, and I, I think Pickford's probably our most consistent player. I think I thought. Yeah, yeah. I've, it's a weird one. The England England discussion. I've always I've always just thought Pickford because of how he plays for England. I know club football determines how if you're going to represent your country or not, but I do think he's the man for the job, and I think last two tournaments he's proven that quite substantially now so I don't think I don't think his place will be um, questioned at all really unless he goes on to obviously really dip in form for Everton but even after that I think Southgate he's proven to Southgate that he is that is his shirt sort of attitude Well I, I completely agree I think this tournament is he's made him number that number one shirt is conceding two goals all what throughout all the games Mm. Saving the two penalties, mm. and to be fair, he, he did actually keep it in, in us. I mean, it's not very often you see Jorginho missing a penalty, and to actually yeah. give us a chance to stay in it and keep us alive in that penalty shootout, the pressures on him. I know, I know. That was the thing. Though. That was the funny thing. If you see on the the like, they zoomed in on him as Jorginho was stepping up, and I think the ref told him to like. I think the ref said something like, "Oh, if he scores, they win." And he he, he zoomed, he had the camera on his face, and said something like, "Yeah, no problem." And then just stepped up and saved it. <laughs> you like, beat me to it. I was just about to say that you beat yeah. me to it. <laughs> yeah, and that is just yeah. like you talk about mental attitude. Like, wow, it's crazy. In front of ninety thousand at Wembley, final of the Euros, just yeah. having that much composure about you, just says where what he is, where why well why he's there, sort of thing, why he's playing because he's so composed. That's another thing as well. Like he did his own work on Georgia. He knew he was going to do that step mm. and he was going to roll it instead of, you know, I've got to save it and pick a side. He waited and he yeah. pulled yeah. off the save brilliantly. Sorry, well, no, that's the that. thing. The Spanish keeper the game before made the error of just going down and he was on his knees yeah. as he was kicking it. And it's just like everyone knows Jorginho is going to do that little run up. You've just got to be patient and just hope. Because he never seems to nestle it in the corner, does he? He always... No. He always just puts it like to one side, but it's never right in the corner. And I think, like you said, he's obviously looked at his homework, done it, and just thought, you know, patient and just wait till it comes. Yeah, a bit similar when Eden Hazard was taking penalties again. It's just like just stand there and wait. What is yeah. his role? Yeah, yeah, again, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
speaking of penalties, though, it would have been nice if um, Rashford didn't nail it in corner. <laughs> That's what we were aiming for, weren't it? We were going too close to the corner. Yeah. The but it's one of them. You look back at Rashford's penalty and he wasn't really looking at the ball. I think we were too focused on where Donna Roman were going that he forgot to do the main thing. And <laughs> I know. I know it's, oh, it was horrible. It was horrible for all of them to be fair to penalty shootouts are just minging, aren't they, in that sort yeah. of stage of the tournament. Have you ever had any penalty shootouts, mate? Yeah, I actually have. I'd have. I've had a really funny penalty shootout, not for club club football, but for university football, where it was the we were in the semi-final away in Leeds. We were playing Leeds in Leeds and it was in the like the National University Cup. And we were like, we think we were we were two 0 down after four penalties. We missed our first two, and then they and then they were stepping up for their third. And if they scored that, they obviously just won three 0 straight away, like we couldn't, or or something like that. I can't remember what the scoring was, but it came down to I had to basically save like the last penalties that they had. I think they might have been three 0 up actually, or something, three one or whatever. And I had to save like two or three of the last pens out and I saved them all, and then. The, the shootout went on for 10 minutes or 20 minutes, whatever. It finished like 14 something and then saved like the last one. And it was just like so crazy. It was funny. It was the maddest scenes going. Everyone was just going crazy on them. Um, it was piling on our manager, Neil Cluxton, who uh, was actually managing Chesterfield at the time as well. This was just before COVID came. Um, so he was doing our university stuff and managing Chesterfield. So it was brilliant. Fantastic. Would you say penalty saving is a a stronger attribute for you? Would you say? You've seen some keepers in the past. I'll give you an example. Mm. Pepe Reina. I always thought yeah. when Liverpool went into a penalty shootout with him, he was yeah. an absolute boss. I thought that um, Portuguese goalie, Ricardo, do you remember him? He did yeah. it to England twice. Yeah. Some yeah. keepers have got it, haven't they, in penalties? But maybe Donnarumma yeah. is another one. <laughs> but like, yeah, no. I yeah, just think yeah. penalties are just just hard. They are hard because you, there's so many things you, you, you look at, like you look at the run-up, you look at how wide they're standing to the ball, you're looking in the game, are they a technical player, are they not a technical player? Something I go off is, if I think someone's a technical player, I personally think they'll go with the inside of their foot and, and do sort of like that technique. Whereas I think if someone's not technical, they'll hook it across their body and try and smash it. So it's like there's so many different things you can look at. Um, like a lot of pen takers seem to go across themselves, whether they're left or right footed. But it's, it is tough. It is really tough. There's nothing worse than being sent the wrong way completely. That's that's not a good feeling. At least if you go the right way, you still you might not save it, but at least you've you've gone the right way and you've you've guessed which way he was going to go. And then you can say that oh that was a good penalty. No one would have saved that, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't you're not expected to save them by yourself. It's almost like a bit of a for a keeper in a penalty shootout, it's almost a bit of like weights off your shoulder, really. Because if if you lose and no one ever comes up and says, Oh, we lost because you didn't save any, they'll say we lost because he missed. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Yeah. But unless you make uh, a mistake and one goes through your own dear. <laughs> Yeah, but, be a but yeah, that does happen. That does happen as well. Yeah, yeah. Kepper had that, didn't he, when he played for Chelsea? Uh, when they tried to take him off in the cup final, yeah. he ended up staying on. He saved the first one. Well, no, he didn't. He saved one of them, but the first yeah. one was a 
horrendous pen. <laughs> it still went in. And he's like, oh, it's like, stunk back me. I was just watching it thinking, oh, I felt sorry for him. Can you, can you remember where, I think it was Tim Krul, where they subbed Tim Krul on um, just for the penalty shootout? Yeah. Cup, yeah. 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 That turned, turned into a bit of a masterclass. I had it once. I had it in a game once, in a college game, where me and this other keeper, we used to rotate every game because like, they, they never wanted to sort of call who was the number one, who was the number two. They just rotated us. Fairest way to do it, both for college, training every day. We got into a, into like a cup quarter final and we was in like extra time. And I think it was like two years after the Tim Krull thing. So it was still a bit fresh in the mind. And my coach came up to me and he was like, yeah, you're coming on. You're coming on in a minute. And I was like, why? And he was like, because if it goes to pens, you're coming on. And I was like, all right. And they didn't really work out because I ended up scoring in the last second. But <laughs> I, was, uh, I was set to come on for the penalties and be subbed on just for penalties. But it didn't happen. <laughs> do, you re- do you reckon you would have won if you come on for the penalties? Hard to say. <laughs> Hard to say. <laughs> Who knows, mate? Anything can happen. My attitude to penalty shoots are, shootouts are just like, anything can happen. Like, we got to... I run a Sunday side in Sheffield and we we got to a cup final this year and we lost on penalties. And after, I literally just said, I didn't mind regardless before the shootout what the outcome was because I just think there's such a lottery and it's great if you win it, but if you lose it, it's just, there's nothing you can do about it. It is what it is. It's a wrap or it's a bit of an uncontrollable outcome. It is, definitely. And it's one of them, you could take you could take penalties a hundred times. You, you might get him, you might score every single one, but when you're playing in a game and you've got a crowd and there's more pressure on you, that's that's when it gets to you. There's well, this practicing is the penalties. And well, this is the, that. I was going to say, this is the thing. Everyone was everyone was moaning about why, why was Saka taking one. They've obviously practiced it. He's obviously he's obviously scored them all in training in the build-up. So don't really get what everyone was moaning, saying, oh, why is Saka even on the fifth one? Like They've clearly worked it out. But like you say, in the heat of the moment, it is different, isn't it, when he's got to step up as the last taker pressure's on to score. It's a yeah. complete different scenario. Especially when you're at Wembley and there's, it, there's enough full capacity there. Mm. It's, it's it's like a, it was basically like a home Euros with the final where it was. Yeah. Yeah. So, just touching on Grantham Town then, what's it like um, working under ex-Wednesday Carlton Palmer? Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's it's fresh. We've only, I think he's only been here two weeks, um, or ju- just a bit more after two weeks. Uh, so it's it's quite fresh still. Obviously, there's been a lot of new lads coming, including myself. Um, so we're a new group that's sort of merging together. And yes, from an outside looking in, the results results wise, people might think, oh, that like they've lost that game or they've drawn that game. But from an inside on the perspective is that I think we're looking good and we've got some really good players we've got some really um, good hungry young lads and the management staff are all sort of working together and I think I think when it comes to the first game of the season I think I think we're going to be absolutely fine in uh, in competing within the league and hopefully push for the playoffs hopefully mate and good luck for, good luck for it 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely try and get down there to watch a few as well. Yeah, yeah I'll it for myself. <laughs> yeah, like I say, there's, there'll be some good away trips. Like, that's one thing I'm looking forward to. I played for Maltby last three years, and a lot of the a lot of the games are very not local in as such, but they're only like the furthest away trip. I think might be Nairsborough. I think it's only like an hour and hour and a half from Sheffield. Whereas, yeah, it's just above York, yeah. Yeah, where there's some pretty long away trips, which are going to be like some good days out. Granted, we win, obviously, on the bus on the way home. Um, but it'd be nice to see some new grounds and likes of South Shields. And uh, I'm excited to play at FC United in Manchester. That's another one, because that's a bit like a stadium now. Yeah. Um, Scarborough have just built a new ground as well. well. Not just new, but new a couple of years back. So it'd be good to, to you know, experience some of these new teams and these new grounds and travel a bit further up the country to play my football. Yeah, I just want to add on to that. You will absolutely love FC United of Manchester. <laughs> Atmosphere really? there is incredible. incredible, Absolutely yeah. biblical. Um, they, I think... I was just going to say their ground. Like, is that, What's their ground? Is their ground Is their ground a stadium? Yeah, they got... Broadhurst Park is, is pretty big, yeah. Yeah. Decent size for there, definitely. What, I'd what's say probably Pardon? What's their max capacity? I don't know the max capacity. I think it's about 3,000, I'd say. Really? Um, I mean, when I, when I went there that, that, that Tuesday night, February mm. 2020, it was um, yeah, it was like 1,300. Really? I get that regularly. So, yeah, really? there's, there's constant singing throughout. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, well, South, South Shields get a lot as well. I think they get about 2,000. Well, they, they've just gone full-time as well, and they're actually extending the ground on one side, I believe. Really? I think they're building a stand, yeah. Um, Scarborough, I think, have got a big fan base. Yeah. Um, well, they were in the Football League, weren't they, under Warnock? Yes. That- they, they, they went down after that uh, Jimmy Glass goal. <laughs> and really? then they folded, didn't they? Yeah. Was that yeah, the them keeper? Yeah, last minute, Carlisle needed to stay up, and it uh, comes up from the corner, <laughs> it bought four minutes in. Then everyone ran on, jumped on him. Yeah, Scarborough oh. team that suffered from that, and they never really recovered. So they, uh, they had to start again. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully something like that happens with us. Except a scoring added time to get us in the playoffs or something. Have you ever scored as a goalie? Yes. You've come up from a corner and it's come to no, you. no, oh, no. Okay. A kick. A wind-assisted kick was it? It was a a kick out my hands. Okay. Landed like just inside the box or their box, skidded in when I was 18. So I was a bit like, and then the worst part about it was it like the keeper was like running back and he was like slipping up trying to get there. It it didn't go clean in, so it was a bit like it was like, oh wow, that's gone in like a bit like I felt a bit (laughs) bad for him (laughs) instead of it going straight in and just being having the reaction of like, yeah, come on, celebrating. Was it a match winning goal? No, I think I think it was quite a comfortable win to be fair, which was also because I have I have seen a clip in non-league where a keeper scores from like a free kick in his own half for like I think it's the Hamill Hampstead, and it's like mm-hmm. it's like tw- it's like the ninety-first minute and they're two-one down and it's battering it down with rain and he's got this kid or this guy, the keeper, just kicks it. There's like bounces and skids into the top bin. And when I say top bin, I mean top bin. And it's just absolute scenes that everyone's going crazy, including himself. That, that's, that's the thing. Is, um, 
I've always wanted to see a goalkeeper score. Like, actually, a game of closest I come was when Joe Hart played for Manchester City. It was a right. Europa League game against Sporting Lisbon. And right. there was equal on aggregate, but Sporting Lisbon were going through and away goals. So Joe Hart's come up for the last minute. He's, he's won the header and it just hit the post. And I, I didn't cheer any, as a United fan, I, I didn't, that. didn't cheer any of the goals. Mm. But if if Joe Hart scored, I think it would have gone absolutely mental. Yeah. Well, it's something you don't see often, is it? So it's a bit unusual. No. I mean, but looking at the fixtures this season, especially in the Premier League, if we're only allowed fans in, I might have been tempted to go to West Brom if it hadn't already been against when we, when Liverpool went there. Imagine oh. sat in the home end, seeing Alisson score, might have got me into a bit of trouble being a Liverpool fan. But honestly, that would have been incredible. Yeah, that was a great, that was a that was a great header. That that, yeah. that did not look like a goalkeeper scoring a goal. That looked like a striker who's been playing up for over twenty years. <laughs> Absolute salmon, mate. Just rose above everyone and just. Nestled it in, didn't he? Just caressed it in with his forehead. And don't yeah. forget the um, the tall key keeper as well. Another good one. Yeah, I remember watching it. Ever. I remember watching that one. He got crossed back in after the corner. I said straight forward, last keeper's that. And he had to stick in. Was that this in the playoff final this year? Yes. Yeah. But then they but then Hartlepool still went up, didn't they? Yeah, they did, yeah, yeah in the end. But yeah. That was speaking of pen saves, that was a great pen save. You know, the final save that he saves it onto the oh, bar. Fantastic. That was a worldy mate. They're the sort of pen saves you dream of making. <laughs> <laughs> Off the bar and bounced out. It was a brilliant save. Yeah. A bit like that Chesney one from years ago. Remember when he was going in top corner, he got his left hand to it. That, that yeah, the words. Champions yeah. League. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of uh, speaking of West Brom, mate, that's the trip I've done. That's the trip I've done many a times with Blackburn. What what's been your favourite one, if you've got one? What to grab professional ground to go to? Yeah. Oh, tough that. I'd say West Brom's definitely up there. Okay. Villa away was good. I went Villa away once with my mate, um, who's a massive Blades fan, uh, in the FA Cup when we were in League One, the year mm-hmm. that they went on the run where they finished in the semis. And that was a good day out. That was a really good day out in Villa that day. So that was a, a memory that always stuck. Um, but best ground... I think in the world for me has to be the new camp. Okay. Have you been before? Yeah, I've I've been. I think I've been twice or once. Definitely been once, might have been twice. Yeah. Do you remember the uh, the fixture? Yeah, it was a it was an El Clasico. Oh. Oh wow. I know. Weird, weird one. My 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 dad's best mate lives in Barcelona, so we used to go over and see them all the time. And he's a season ticket holder. And we was in this bar before the game I was only about six or seven and his mate who he went my dad's mate who he went to the bars against with dropped out on the night so he said to my dad do you want the ticket and my dad was like yeah so obviously took it and then because I was so little he scanned the season ticket and just took me in with him like and I remember just sitting on his knee all game and just watching it it was a bit of a boring game but the one thing I do remember was the stairs were like so high we're talking (laughs) A, a good 15, 20 minute walk, mate. We were in the heavens. Oh. We we're at the top. It, it took a long time to walk up to the top. Yep. Yeah, you're but, literally climbing the stairs. Yeah, it was a blow, mate. But the views and just, I don't know, something about that football club, I just think is just, they're brilliant. I just think if I could play for any club, that would just be the best club in the world to play for. Wow. I mean, I, I've done the tour of the new Camp 
Never been to yeah. a game, but it's beautiful ground, isn't it? Absolutely incredible. Mm. Well, I mean, they're they're in a bit of trouble at the moment financially. I hope they get out of it because they are one of the powerhouses of global football. But yeah, yeah no, I think they're struggling a bit after the backlash of um, the Neymar and Suarez era, and also before that, they obviously when Pep was there, I think they needed to maybe in the next five to ten years try and get back to that because they were just like an absolute powerhouse. Like you say, they were unstoppable, weren't they? No one yeah, could beat yeah. them for about three or four years. Yeah, me and my dad say, we reckon that Pep team in 2011 was probably mm. the best team there's ever been. That's mm. been a team. Is that, I mean, you, is that good? Is that the one where they beat Man U? Yeah, that, that, that era. Yeah. We thought were the best ever. Definitely up there. I'd argue that the AC Milan team around, what, around 2009, that was yep. a great team as well. That's definitely on there. I mean, you, you could say as well that the the Brazil team of 1970. <laughs> I think that, that one was <laughs> before our yeah, time, but still, yeah. The AC Milan ones, the AC Milan one as well would be the Istanbul fans. If you look at the the, the squad list or the team sheet that day, mate, oh, oh, wow, the class compare <laughs> the class comparison from AC Milan to what Liverpool had is just ridiculous. How Liverpool came out winning that trophy, Steven Gerrard. Definitely the reason behind <laughs> all that. <laughs> It'll be all night talking at Istanbul. I will make so. Yeah. I mean, is there any grounds in the world that you'd love to do apart from the new camp? Like, what's on the hit list next? It could really? be with Blackburn. <laughs> yeah, I hope Blackburn get in the Europa League, mate. Go, go Germany. I want to, I think, I want to go. I'd love to go watch a football game in maybe Germany or Argentina. Argentina, I like your style, mate. That's blast. One grand one country I'd like to see games in the atmospheres over there. Yeah, yeah, just how, yeah, just they just it just seems crazy atmosphere, but in a good way. Like, yeah, not to the point where you're fighting and there's flares and all that. Like, I'm not not a fan of any of that stuff. Like that's just a massive turn off for me. If if I'm if I'm at something and I see something like that, I'm just like it bores me stuff like that. I think if you're coming to watch a game of football, yes, chant, yes, get involved with it, yes, celebrate, but behave accordingly to to the situation obviously if there's kids there and things like that yeah well don't go to Boca Juniors versus River Plate that mate yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, exactly maybe, that maybe not I contradicted myself a bit there but but yeah maybe something like that or one of the or one of the maybe Celtic Park so against Rangers yeah yeah well, maybe not against Rangers but you know them Champions League night for example yeah. when they beat Barcelona that time like, oh, mate, yeah, incredible. It literally was rocking, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Unreal. Let's um, let's talk about Blackburn then now. So what made you support Blackburn Rovers? So my dad, my dad's dad was from Darwin. They, he grew up in Darwin and they just always supported Blackburn. And then I grew up and then I had a decision to make whether I was going to support Sheffield United or Sheffield Wednesday. Then I flickered between that Sheffield United and Blackburn, Sheffield United and Blackburn, supporting kind of both. And then I got to an age where I was like, I need to make a decision here. <laughs> so I just <laughs> thought, I just thought I'd, I'd go with Blackburn because I'm a dad and he supported it and mm-hmm. carry on the sort of family, family support. Yeah, it's been turbulent times not so long ago, but it looks like the club's finally starting to gather a bit of momentum. Do you think you can get yourself back in the Premier League one day? Oh, hopefully. I've been saying this to my mates today. We were talking about it. I was just saying, I think, when I look at the Prem now, I do look at some of the teams and I think, 
we should be with our history and stuff. I know obviously I've been brilliant the last ten years or whatever, but we was, we've won it for one. We're on the still yeah, yeah. one of the few teams that have won it. Us and Leicester are the only teams that really sort of won it without. Well, I know we spent a lot of money, but you compare it to the the, the other teams that have won it. Yeah. Um. So I definitely think we need to be back in the Premier League. I don't think it'll be within any time within the next three years. But if you said to me back in the Premier in four or five years, I'd take that and snap your hand off for that. Yeah. Uh, fair play. And what's your expectations for this season then? Expectations. Well, it's funny because speak linking it back to Graham from our assistant manager Matt. He's a Blackburn fan as well. So, um, so we we were talking about this yesterday, and I said to him because he's obviously keeps up to date with football and stuff. I said, "Have we signed anyone yet?" And he was like, "No." So I'm thinking, "Oh, if we haven't signed anyone, but I don't know if we've got. I don't know what the crack is with our transfer. We might be selling Armstrong, our striker. So I think if he went, not that I want him to go, that would maybe make room for a bit of spending on other areas we need to improve on. But we've just we've got Ben Brereton who's just come back from playing for Chile in the Copper America. So I think he's gonna be the star man this year. Yeah. Good player. Very good. Well, player. Come on, mate, carry on. It, it, it's one of them. And I look at the championship season now and the teams in it. And as a Sheffield United fan, getting relegated, I thought, oh, I don't think we'll bounce back. But the more I look at it. Mm. There's not any teams what excites me. I feel like Fulham will come down. That they're they're going to have a different squad to what they had last season because they were just full of loans. West Brom, yeah, they might be up there, but I mean, have they got the manager yet? I mean, they've been searching for it for a long time. They were linked mm. with Wilder that that fell through. So they've got Barnsley manager, haven't they? Oh, is it finally gone through? Um, yeah, for, yeah. Well, if that's the case, then Barnsley probably won't be in playoffs next season because he's he was the reason there. Um, and I just feel like it's a it's not an exciting championship. I know what you mean. League One, it's League One's the league to be in. Yeah, on <laughs> the right sides in that league. Portsmouth, Sunderland. I'm glad they're in it, but I had to say it Wednesday. Rather, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's some honestly that league's getting out of that league is going to be nightmares. Well, what, what is this now? Is it the fourth season Sunderland's going to be in it? Yes, well, the Sunderland, yep. Bolton, they're a big club. I think they'll surprise a few people because they're on the way up. Um, obviously, Portsmouth, Sheffield Wednesday. I'm trying to think. Who else? Up from League Two. Uh, Cheltenham went up. Cheltenham Cambridge. Yeah. Cambridge as well, yeah. And, and then, then they play Morecambe. <laughs> oh, did they? Yeah, Morecambe as well. I'm interested. Some, you know, it seems like Morecambe, right? It's Sunderland. Mm. Up there, cup final. Yeah, I <laughs> know, I know. I think, yeah. I think the problem with the championship is now is they got near, I think five years ago, they got near to the premiership as in the spending but I think recently with this COVID, it seems to me like the Prem is just leaving these clubs behind financially. I know they haven't got the richest teams like towards the bottom of the Premier League, but the top the top 14 clubs in the Premier League now, and I don't think one, not one, maybe two championship clubs could compete financially on the same level as them. Yeah. 
but even then, not by much. Yeah, I, I agree. And even if you look at the teams what get relegated, I mean, West Brom, they've, they've been a bit of a yo-yo club. Fulham, they, they've not been in the same league for two years consecutively for a long time. Mm-hmm. Newcastle, when they got down, they were a bit of a yo-yo club. And it's because of the parachute payments, you expect at least one, maybe two of the teams what do get relegated to go straight back up, which makes it a little bit more harder for the teams in the championship to compete with because the parachute payments. A lot of teams just put all that money into the transfers just to get themselves back up. If it goes right, great. If it goes wrong, then that's when you're in danger when it comes to financial fair play. Mm. But it seems to work for these teams and they seem to do it right. Yeah, well, I was going to say that's something that Wednesday struggle with, isn't it? They, they, they threw money at it, didn't go up. And now they're paying the repercussions a bit for it, obviously. Yeah. Um, I think this like they'll be stable. I, I don't think that, I don't know if they'll come back up. I personally not sure they will, just because of how competitive the league is. But it's just crazy if it does. If the gamble doesn't pay off, you don't get into the prem. The backlash can be can be terrible. Like Middlesbrough as well. I think they've struggled a bit because they spent a lot, didn't they, when they were coming up to it, and then. Yeah in it and then they've come out of it obviously Warnock great manager whatever but I don't think he's even got any money to any money to even play with at all yeah it's one of them as well I mean you look at when Sheffield United got relegated it were, they, they stabilised in championship for a few seasons mm. and they, they went down again Sunderland they went near enough back to back relegations yeah so there is teams where once they've got relegated, they do go into a bit of free fall, and they don't, they don't get back into where they want with, with the Premier League. And touching on League One now, especially being a United fan, and it took six years for us to get it out. I like you said, like you said, Jake, when Moore can play Sunderland, that would be like their big day out, and that's where I feel like, especially the players when they go to Sunderland, they're like, oh well, this is going to be this is where we've got to put the effort in because it's like a cup final for us, if you know what I mean. And when you've got every single team wanting to put 110% effort in because they're at Bramall Lane or they're at Stadium Light, that's when you, as a team, will struggle because everyone's up in their game against you, which means you can't have an off day, otherwise you're screwed. Does he gone then for a sec? Oh, yeah. I'm back. Sorry, connection's a bit unstable. Yeah. <laughs> So I was just touching on like how, especially like when teams go to Sunderland, it makes it makes them play 110% just because they're at a stadium where they've got to show something and they're at a team where, big by name, big in the Premier League, they've got to get a victory in. It's, it goes down in history. So the pressure's on the Sunderlands and your Portsmouth and your Wednesdays this season to go and put more than 100% in each game because it's a drop that standards that's when the others are going to catch on it mm. and I feel that's why it's so hard to get out of that league yeah I agree mate I agree so, you know, when we're Blackburn then is Venkis still in charge yeah I think so I think so I don't think I don't think they really have much involvement but I think they are still in charge of the club yeah but I've had mm-hmm. some crazy I've heard some crazy stories about them over the years, how badly they were advised and 
I think they sort of trusted the wrong people and they got a lot of bad publicity when in reality, I think they've actually been quite good. It's, the, the, it's just the people that have been supposedly working for them haven't sort of communicated with them. Like, I think when they first took over, I don't even think they knew we could get relegated out of the Premier League because they own a, I think they own an American NFL or basketball team or something. And I don't yeah. think they knew we could, we could get relegated. Um, so I think it's just they've been badly advised over the years and that's why they get this bad publicity when in reality I think they're actually I think they're actually done a decent enough job really they've put money into the club at hard times like when we got relegated you talk about obviously getting relegated like you were just saying um, and how it can affect your budget when we went down we actually ended up signing loads of players like we signed Bradley Dark. Armstrong, and these turned out to be our most crucial players today, who mm-hmm. um, who who really make us the team we are. Obviously, Dak's injured because he's done his ACLs, but he's, I think he's done both ACLs in two seasons, which is crazy. Um, but him, Armstrong, Lewis Travis, they're off. I'd say they're our top three players. Obviously, Brereton as well. Um, them four are going to make the difference this year if we're going to do anything. Yeah, interesting. Because um, we will say that that year you went down, a lot of uh, nastiness was aimed at one man, Steve Keane. But what, yeah. what's your opinion on him? What was your opinion on that? On Steve Keane? Yeah. I mean, people in life and in football have off seasons and setbacks, mm-hmm. like. You see managers all the time. They might they might not do well in a job and then go somewhere else and do brilliant. You might see a player struggle at a certain team, go play somewhere else, be on absolute flames. Since Steve Keane's left Blackburn, I couldn't even tell you who's who he's managed since then. So I think his CV after leaving Blackburn speaks for itself a bit, really, and the fact that he hasn't been able to really get back into the coaching network or get a new job or anything. I know he got quite badly done in with that footage. Did you, have you seen the footage where he slags off Allardyce in the bar? Yeah. Yeah, I think that He's about Phil Jones, weren't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think, that, I think that might have killed him a bit as well because I think he got sued for that. Um, but my opinion on Steve Keane is wrong man for the job. <laughs> Fair point. So I'm guessing you think he should have gone when you were chanting him out. <laughs> He should have gone when we when he kept us up the year before. Allardyce had, when Allardyce left, we were eighth. Yeah, and, and he got us, dragged into relegation, didn't he? Yeah. He took us over, and we finished sixteenth, and we stayed up. We stayed up on the last day, but we couldn't get relegated anyway because it was something ridiculous. We got pipped like we lost three nil at Wolves. So the right, you won on, three. I think you were three nil up, mate. I think it was them that were three nil down, and then they got back oh, three two and goal difference, didn't it? Yeah. Was it? Was it? Yeah. But the writing, the writing was on the wall the year before, and they didn't make changes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously the year after, got relegated, and he even stayed after that. He stayed another year in the champ. He stayed first six months in the champ um, to try and get us back up. But I think the players, had, I think they'd lost the players. They signed some ridiculous players as well. They signed Danny Murphy, Dixon, a two who players that just passed it. They were just trying to think. They were just playing really for the sake of it, but sake of it, maybe picking up 
one decent final paycheck. Mm-hmm. So as a goalkeeper, what do you think of Brad Friedel? I can remember when we played in the Premier League and it was the nil-nil draw with three I was penalties. There. I was yeah. there in the end, yeah. Hot, it was a hot, <laughs> really hot day, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Yeah. And did you miss two? Yeah, so Paddy Kenny saved one and Friedel scored, uh, sorry, um, saved two. Yeah. So, I remember I got this asked me in a quiz over lockdown last year who were the two, who were the three penalty misses and I think it was Neil, Lucas Neil for us, the Australian left back, he missed ours. Did Hulse miss one of yours? I believe Rob Hulse missed one, yeah. And then the other one, I couldn't ever remember who the one was. Yeah, I knew, I knew there were two different um, penalty takers at the top of my head I've got Danny Webber but I can't was it Unsworth? could have been he was still it there yeah it was yeah it was it was I think yeah. yeah because I remember Unsworth got slacked didn't he for, for missing that one and then ended up scoring six months <laughs> later down. yeah that one oh Incredibly, yeah what a game that would have been I mean I, mean, I hate nil nils hate them Mm. Well, that would have been proper interesting. That three penalty misses. Yeah. Yeah, a bit of drama, at least, in that, that nil-nil. <laughs> yeah, I think Sheffield United should be more... We, we think we were happy to take a point in the end, but Sheffield United that year, there was a few results like that where... Yeah, they just that come went back down and, because of that. Yeah, they just come back to haunt you, don't they? The, you always... Whenever you get relegated, it's the worst thing because you go... Say if you get relegated on goal difference and you think... Wow, if we hadn't drawn that game, we'd stay up because we would have had that one extra point. Yeah. If he'd have scored that bloody penalty. Yeah. Like, well, it's one of them. It's like if Gerard didn't, didn't dive in the first game of the season and we got them three points. They, they, there's loads of different factors, but over the two relegations from um, the Premier League, I feel like the 2006 7 season hit me a lot more than this one. I feel like I, was, I expected it a lot more this season than what I did. Towards that that one, I, I mean, I think at one point we're like ten points clear of relegation, and yeah, I think you were you were you were down, weren't you? Pretty quick. Yeah, uh, I think the turning point this year, well, this year, last year, whatever, was the West Brom away when the uh, you just the ball just would not go in the net. Yeah, <laughs> Moose Amos from a couple of yards out. There was you yeah. hit the bar. There was just so many chances, and I just thought. If you'd have won that, you'd have maybe just got going a bit. But after that, I was thinking this doesn't, this isn't, gonna, this isn't just a rut. I was thinking this is, you, know, you could be in for a painful season. Yeah, it did turn out to be a painful season. Yeah, painful season. But like the signings that he's made, well, when Wilder made when he was there, yeah, they might not have been effective straight away within the, this year in the Premier League, but. Going forward, a lot of these young lads, Max Lowe, Jaden Bogle, Rian Brewster, they're all young and I think they'll all come good. I think they'll all I don't I don't know if they're Premier League players or not, but I know that they'll all do very well within the championship next year. Definitely. And I feel like as soon as Brewster gets one or two, we'll be on fire next season. They did it for Swansea. Yeah. yeah. Our only issue is now is who do we start with? Mm. Who did we bring anyone in? We, we've been heavily linked now with um, is it Kearney? Um, what was it Fulham? Tom Kearney, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been heavily linked with him. I feel that's because he played at um, with Jukanovic at Fulham, 
So I, I think, think that's... Good, I think that'd be a good sign. And we had Kenny at Blackburn, great player. Yeah. Whether or not that's true or if it's just rumours, because he always get that, don't you? As soon as someone manages a team, you've always got that player, what will be linked with him because of previous experience. Mm. Yeah, but mm. it's been a quiet transfer window so far in terms of signings and there's no one... I think, no one might be, I think, there's, a chance, I think there's a chance you might lose your goalkeeper as well. Well, this is it. The speculation Arsenal's willing to pay 30 million. Mm. But then I know Bournemouth's got a bit of a sell-on clause. I don't know how much for. So we'd have to sell them at that at that price is just to make some money, if not get the money back. Because we're selling yeah. at 25 and they've got a 20%, you're going to be paying, getting the same amount as what you paid for him. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I think if he goes, I think he needs to play, but I think if he goes and it works out for him, I think it could be brilliant. Um, yeah. For his career, anyway, I know obviously Sheffield United, it won't benefit because they'll lose a really good goalkeeper, but um, I think if it does go through and it pays off for Ramsdale, I think he'll, um, yeah, it'd be brilliant to see, really. Yeah, it's one of them as well. I think the player I, I, I dread to lose, but it could easily happen is uh, Santa Berg. Um, mm. I know we've paid him for big bucks, and but it'd be just nice to see. Maybe maybe give him a year, get fit. Yeah. If you don't go up, then yeah. Maybe maybe selling then, but it would just it'd just be good to see. Hopefully, I feel like having him inside definitely boosts United's chances to get a promotion. Mm, yeah, I mean it's difficult because he's 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 been injured, so I don't think clubs might not. I know clubs know what he's about, but with him being in being injured and having this injury, I reckon that he might like you say another year, full season get his get back to full fitness and then if you go up go up great go up with you and if you don't then yeah maybe push on how old is he he's only like 20 is he 23 yeah, 24 he's in, his, he's in his early 20s I believe yeah so there's no rush there's no real rush because that can be a problem sometimes as well that you try to jump too soon something that I had uh, within my own career is sometimes in a bit, I've been in a bit guilty of being in a rush to get to that next level and not being ready for it and sort of fell out of love with things a bit and then realised actually that, you know, you're good enough. You'll If you're good enough, you'll get there and you don't need to be in a rush. You just need to focus on where you are at the minute, what you're doing and how you're playing. Yeah, I, I agree. And it, there's definitely been some players where I feel like they took that next big step and it's not worked out for them. And there have been some players where they will relish it. But mm. if you look in the Premier League over the last few seasons, um, like Rashford, for example, he took his opportunity coming through. Mm. But then there's been players, like you could say, like Di Maria, for example, wanted to play in the Premier League. Mm. Didn't work out for him. Didn't last it. Didn't stay here for long. And San- Sanchez at Man United... <laughs> so there, there is some teams where you go to and it just doesn't work out for you at all mm. yeah yeah I agree mate I agree it's difficult it is difficult it's that balance isn't it because like you say you get the opportunity and you get put in the op- to put in the opportunity but you might not be ready for it but you you can't say no 
if you say no, then it's that chance could go or yeah, it doesn't look great. But if you're not ready for it, you're not ready for it. So sometimes it can be worse. It can be like a, a lose-lose situation. You're not ready for it, but you play anyway or you, you have a go at playing at that level and it don't work out for you. And it's just, it's just a nightmare situation, really. Yeah, and especially at the, the level in the Premier League, it's all about the price tag as well. So it's like if Jadon Sancho doesn't perform at Manchester City, from Manchester United straight away, he's going to get loads of stick because he's got that price tag over his head. He'll like Fernando Torres when he signs for Chelsea. He's like, oh, we paid 50 million and we can't get him to score. And even some United fans were brew staff. We paid, we paid 20 odd million and he's not contributed into um, with the goals. So sometimes I feel like the price tag of what teams play doesn't help the player at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So, um, that's the... Connection's going again. Swallowing S. Yep, still there, yeah. Sorry, Connection's having a shocker today. So, you mentioned you played for Swallowing S, Maltby, Hansworth. Who did you play for first? So, I started at Hansworth. Uh, I left college and I went to Hansworth and I played at Hands of Paramore, where they used to play at Sandy Lane, where works up play now. So they used to they used yep. to ground yeah that. I uh, I played there for a bit and then I wasn't getting in the team much. So I so I went and signed for Swallowness in the league below and ended up having a really good um three quarters of a season there. One of the best probably it's, I'd hands down say one of the best times I had in football with the dressing room and the lads and the managers. It was just a really fun season. And we, we ended up, we, when I first joined, we were in a real relegation scrap. But by literally the last 10 games, we were a mid-table side playing really good football. Uh, and then after that, I went from there to Maltby, then left Maltby to sign for Barrow, but then ended up some an issue with contracts and things like that at Barrow where I ended up coming back to Maltby uh, and I've been playing for there ever since joining Grantham this, um, this June, uh, just to June that's just gone. Fantastic. Which one of those, do you have a favourite? Or any particular big memories? I think, I think I owe a lot to, to Maltby as a club because they've looked after me for three years and supported me through university and really tended to my needs and get, gave me everything I needed at that time. Um, I, there's a lot of nice people involved at Hansworth, even though I didn't play much. There was a, not, a lot of nice people there, um, especially the, the chairman there now. Um, I still speak to him quite a lot and he's a really nice nice guy. And then the team, like I said, that does stick out, it was Swallownest. We just, like I said, I only played a quarter, I've only played three quarters of a season, but it was one of the best times in my in my footballing career, just from my confidence, the way I was playing, the way the team was playing. Um, one of the actual, because how it worked was our manager got sacked after being, only being there for like three games or four, four games. And, one of the older lads who was playing at the time but asked to take it over and to stop playing and he did so uh, and he took it over and he just had a really good season. He brought in 
he brought in one of his mates as the assistant and we just had like a great dressing room. Um, everyone sort of bought into what they were trying to do and we ended up building a massive like fine pot up. And then for the end of the season, there we we like, went out as a team to Beverly races and had like a full day out. And just remember this brilliant coach journey to and from Beverly, which is just absolute carnage. Um, some stuff can't obviously be said on, <laughs> on the podcast, but but yeah, it was just brilliant times, mate. Fun times, 18, 19 year old, just loving non-league football and just loving like financially was the probably the lowest I've ever been on. Um, payment wise but didn't ever cross my mind once the money side of it because of the enjoyment I was getting from it um, whereas I've been at other places in my career where I've earned uh, money and it's become money's become the objective in certain times and sometimes I think when it's like that they can then ones can be the worst where you're playing you're playing a bit to pick your money up instead of playing for the love of the game um, so hopefully this season at Grantham, I'm going to find that love again for it and really get invested in it and try and have a great season and enjoy it. I know, I hopefully do, mate. And I wish you, like I said before, yeah. wish you the best of luck for the season. I mean, Colliver as well, assistant manager. Yeah, yeah. Great. funny guy, mate. Funny guy. <laughs> Character. Yeah. Um, and Colton Palmer, um, I was just I was talking to what the one of the lads today. He's a Wednesday fan, and he went to Colton Palmer's like sort of like a meet and greet where where you can ask questions for with him. Um, yeah, he does, he does like the after dinner speeches, doesn't he? Yeah, and he did one of them for Wednesday, and he said, "I'm not telling you some of the stories because I'll not get get him to <laughs> to shit." But basically, some of the stories I got told today. Was class <laughs> from yeah. what what I've been shared. So yeah, yeah. Well, prior to meeting the gaffer, I uh, I listen. I don't know if you know. Do you know Under the Cosh the podcast? Yeah, yes, with them. Yeah, I'm quite big into them. So I, the gaffer's done one of them about a year ago. So I had a little listen to that, and there's some great stories on there from the gaffer. Um, and just since he's come in, he's brought a, he's brought a very like old school sort of way of doing things, which I think. A lot of people appreciate a non-league. I think if you can try and be too technical with it all and try and be too professional with it, it, it doesn't work because at the end of the day, you've got a group of lads who are who, they're switched on, concentrated. But if they're playing away in South Shields on a Tuesday night, they're not wake. They're not waking up the next day having the day off, coming in Thursday and on a recovery day. They're waking up the next day to get to work at six a.m. to go fix someone's sink or. Put, put some scaffolding on someone's house. So it's um, you got to find the balance, really. I think in non-league and and so far they've been brilliant at doing that. Like we had a session the other day where we were training just in Millhouse's Park, and it was just like it was just we we didn't actually do a a great deal, but I think everyone came away from the session and got a lot out of it, and that speaks volumes of what. Matt, uh, Jass, and the gaffer, uh, the gaffer are doing at the football club. Yeah. Uh, one last question I'm going to ask you because I know you you got to shoot soon is a lot of people on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, this we we ask them the best and the worst grounds, and they right. always say the worst grounds are ones with running tracks. 
and <laughs> Grantham Town's <laughs> name has been mentioned a few times. So, yeah, as a yeah. player, um, do you feel like you're close to the fans? Is it hard with the running track? What's it like as a player aspect? Uh, did you prefer those sort of grounds, or would you prefer to be closer to the fans? When I'm playing away, this is interesting. When I'm playing away, I'd rather, I'd rather play in a game where there is more atmosphere because I think in in different sort of grounds, a running track ground, because you want to that atmosphere can sometimes raise your game a bit because it keeps you more concentrated. But at home, when things are a bit more relaxed and it's a bit more feels at home, I, it, I think it's been fine. The ground. I think the pitch is looking brilliant. Um, there's the stand to the, so obviously there's the big stand at which we walk out the tunnel, but the stand opposite is actually quite close. But I think it's a bit closer on the other side than the, the stand is that you walk the tunnel out of. Um, but we had, we, I think we had 175 one, in the other night against Frickley, which is a decent crowd. They brought some fans, they were making a bit of noise. So th- th- there was, there was a bit of, there was atmosphere, yeah. But like you say, when we when the games come, and we obviously hope to get five hundred to a thousand fans a week, with the way fans included, I think I think the atmosphere will still be still be as good as it will be if you go in to places like Matlock, South Shields, them sort of places. Fair play, atmospheres are always the best. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, so worst. So worst ground, worst ground as of where I've been to as a fan or where I've played at. Oh. <laughs> right, worst ground straight up, no, no question about it. Yorkshire Amateurs. Oh, okay. Have you been? I have. I've been with uh, Shirebrook Town years ago. Yeah. Yeah. We, we always liked that away day, but again, because the stand's really old, run down. Yeah. Is that the not one? A nice, not a nice place to go, mate. Always get beat. Always lose three 0 and horrible drive as well. It's right in the centre, so if you're sat now, or your Google Maps turn off, you turn in the car around. You're not getting there. It's impossible to find unless you've got a decent sat nav or Google Maps on. <laughs> uh, so worst it's our week coach as well here. Yeah. Worst worst ground worst ground I played at as a player it would be Yorkshire Amateurs. Yeah, uh, best ground I played at as a player. I would have to say, I'd probably say Watford. When we, Watford. When we, was, with, when we was with Chef United, yeah, that seemed like a, a beautiful pitch and the ground was, it was like, I think they'd done it up a bit. I don't know if you've been to the newish sort of, well, they've done the pitch up. But yeah, it's just like really nice interior. Does that like, the design's good and it's, Quite compact and tight to the the pit. The stand is quite tight to the pitch. Um, so I'd say, from a playing perspective, them two favorite ground as a fan watching Blackburn would be. It's not there anymore, but the old Brentford. Okay, yeah. Griffin Park. That was a brilliant ground. Can't believe they got rid of that because that was brilliant. Pub on every corner yeah. of the ground. So great ground to go to as an away fan. And then the worst ground, I would have to say, is maybe Huddersfield Town. Huddersfield? Wow. Yeah, maybe. It is, it is built more for rugby. 
rugby ground. Yeah. yeah. And they split the away end. They split the away end in half. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose uh, that, that's that's not the best, but I I like surprise. I like a designated away, away end. Like I love okay. the away end at like Leicester Derby in the corners or Forest, Nottingham Forest in the corner, or even at Bramall Lane, the below bit. Or at Hillsborough, you're in a certain section. I don't like it when they when they merge fans in the same area for away and home. It's a valid point, to be fair, yeah. But I mean, I say I like the design as a ground person. I'm looking forward to visiting it when I get the chance. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah, and it just didn't seem there was just no atmosphere. It just didn't see it was wasn't yeah. Maybe because we played shit. <laughs> <laughs> Danny Graham scored and after two minutes, and after that, I don't think we had a kick and lost three ones or two ones. So. <laughs> wow. So, so yeah, that that's that that that's to answer your original question about best and worst grounds. Fair play. And final question: We tend to we tend to ask this to any everyone. If you could sum up football in three words or in a phrase with three words, what would it be? Three words. Ooh. Can't live without. <laughs> We've not had that one before. And I, I like it. We've had it once where somebody's got what someone else has said, but that's fantastic. Yeah. Can't live without it. It's the best thing, in it? It's just the best thing. Whether you're a fan, whether you're a player, referee, whatever, a kit man a physio it's just infectious mate everyone wants to everyone loves to be a part of it there's nothing better than being involved with football it can be such a powerful tool to bring people together unite people help people with mental health and you just you just create memories for life mate brilliant honestly love it <laughs> love it it's my job yeah. I play still I, if I if I'm not playing I'm on to, straight on to whatsapp onto my dad saying let's get some Blackburn tickets ordered. Just, <laughs> honestly, best thing ever. Oh, mate, yep. Fantastic. Great summary. <laughs> Spot on that one. Brilliant. All right. Again, it's been a pleasure to have you on. Thank you for coming at such short notice as well. Yeah, no, no worries. Thank no. you very much. Fantastic. No worries, guys. Great stuff. Keep it going. Thank, yeah, thank you for letting me on and giving my opinion on stuff. Uh, thanks again for the short notice apologies about my internet connection as well it's had a shocker today um, no worries, but, um, no worries. hopefully we'll uh, come and see you at Grantham in action yes mate yes mate you'll have to you'll have to rate Thank the ground tell me what you think yeah it's going to be interesting <laughs> rating that one is compared to some people we've had on about it yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, hopefully we'll come when there's a, a lot of fans there yeah good the stuff game. boys good stuff thank you All right. no problem, mate. see you later see you cheers later, mate. mate thank you, you. Right. thank you